This is the Real People, Real God podcast. From our studio in Martinsburg, West Virginia, we welcome you to join us on a journey of discovering God. Pastor Chris, Pastor Darla, and Pastor Tim discuss the believer's role in God's master plan. Thank you for joining us. I would like to welcome you uh, to this podcast. And um, this is uh, Pastor Tim Howard. I'm flying solo right now. Uh, we're in the middle of uh, this coronavirus outbreak pandemic, and um, uh, churches all over the country um, are having services virtually. And um, we've been doing the same at Valley View, and we don't have that human connection. So I decided uh, it's it's time to bring some Bible study. Um, to the podcast. And so that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, We will be returning with Pastor Chris and Pastor Darla at some point. uh, But for right now, this is what we're going to do. And uh, so uh, we're going to do a Bible study. And um, this is something to keep us grounded, keep us fresh in the Word, and uh, just a little something to to help us go along. And um, so um, I'll just ask you that you pray with me. And let's just start this Bible study, and let's see what the Holy Spirit unlocks for us today. God, we just thank you so much, Lord, that um, we do have your word. Lord, that no matter what happens around us, what's going on in our nation and in our world, Lord God, we still have your word. Even if your word, your Bible, was the, the pages were taken away from us, we still have the word that the Bible has already placed in our hearts, which gives the Holy Spirit something to, to work with in our, in our minds and in our hearts. So God, we just thank you for that. And Lord, as we open it up today, I pray that we find strength that we find courage, that we find comfort in your word, Lord God. Let it become real to us, Lord. Let it let it be the air that we breathe. So, Lord, just uh, be with us as we study your word, and, Lord, your blessings will come forth from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, let's start with Colossians. Uh, I think that's a good start. Um, there's a lot we can take from Colossians, and... Um, we're going to do that, and and so what I'm going to do is um, we're going to go down through Colossians, and uh, I'm I'm going to take the things that kind of jump out at me, and uh, we're just going to discuss them and talk through them a little bit, and um, we we won't dissect every single little thing, um, because I I firmly believe that as we go through different seasons in our lives, that the the Holy Spirit pulls out different portions of Scripture for us, and so that's what I want to do, um, and I would like you to do it along with me. Um, no many, no matter how many times maybe that I have read Colossians, or maybe that you have read Colossians, <coughs> excuse me, uh, there's always something different that will come out. And so I have my highlighter here with me. This is my setup. I have my Bible. I have my highlighter, which is a really cool highlighter. It's more like a crayon kind of highlighter than anything, and it doesn't bleed through the pages. I have my ink pen, and I have a a binder with some loose-leaf paper in it, and I have a journal not far away from my hands. So um, this is kind of what I do, and I'll go through, and uh, something jumps out at me. I will highlight it in the Word, and uh, I'll take some note, write some notes in the column, and maybe even uh, on my in my binder uh, or my journal. And uh, so that's kind of what I do. So you do whatever works for you. And uh, I've gone through quite a few Bibles over the years doing this, and that's totally fine. I think one of the best things that you could leave a, uh, somebody else, like a, one of your children or a family member or a friend, is a marked up Bible with um, the verses that, that the Spirit spoke to you 
uh, highlighted uh, with uh, uh, comments and commentaries of your own that you have written in the Bible. Uh, what a powerful way to show somebody what was really working inside of your heart. Um, and uh, so anyway, um, mark your Bible up or take your notes however you'd like. Um, and let's get to it. So let's start in Colossians chapter 1. And we're going to read in verse 1. And I'm just going to go down through and read a portion. And uh, then we'll go back and, and talk about the things that jump out. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it is also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth, as you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. Now, as we read some scripture, especially in these epistles of Paul's, um, you're going to note, uh, maybe you remember this, maybe you don't from, from school or college, but um, there's a such thing as run-on sentences uh, in the English language. However, in the Greek um, and also to um, uh, the uh, Old Testament Hebrew, um, they didn't use punctuation in the original tongue. So we have put punctuation in for understanding because that's how we communicate in the English language. So what we're going to have here is uh, we're going to have some sentences that are run on with a lots of punctuation in there because that's just how they spoke, uh, minus the punctuation. And so their ideas were, were all spread out in the sentence. And uh, so that's why you see a lot of run on, what we would call run on sentences. Um, however, it doesn't change the meaning of, of uh, the intent of the meaning. And um, so let's look at this. So um, this is written by Paul and uh, um, by the will of God, he says, and, and Timothy is with him. And he's writing this to the to the saints, to the believers that are in uh, Colossae. And um, he says, uh, we give thanks to God the Father. Now, this is something to note about Paul. You know, we have, we have to remember that Paul is going out. He's an apostle. He's starting churches. He's um, uh, an evangelist. He's, he's kind of all the above. But uh, he starts a lot and ends a lot of these letters to these churches with, with thanks and prayer. Thanks to God and prayer for the people. And uh, just to see his dedication and determination to the cause of raising up saints and seeing them mature in the Lord. Uh, it's just incredible. Um, to, it would have been incredible to know Paul um, and to know that he, when he said he was praying for you, the man of God was really praying for you. Um, and so he recognizes how important the prayer and the thanks are. Um, and and uh, so as we kind of look through this first portion of Scripture, we're going to see this uh, kind of play out. So he says, we give thanks to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. And in verse 4, he says, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Now, the beauty of this is when, when we think of ourselves as believers, we would like to... Um, to think that we are people of the word, in other words, that we live it out. Um, and this, uh, as we read, that's Paul writing to the uh, the church at Colossae, 
that's kind of what's happening there because <clears throat> he's he's saying that they're giving things to God for the people, for the believers in this town, in this city. Um, he says, since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, all right, that's the number one, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And number two, he says, and of your love for all the saints and love one another. And these two are clearly noted. Paul clearly notes them that, uh, he has heard about now you got to remember um, information didn't travel as fast as it does now there was no Facebook there was no telephones there you know um, so news and, and messages took a long time to get from one place to another but Paul's saying look I've heard about it I've heard of your faith in Jesus and I've heard of your love for all the saints those are the two key ingredients that's the footnote or the little side note I've written in my Bible Two ingredients of true disciples are our faith in Jesus and our love for the saints. And uh, this is exactly the two greatest commandments that Jesus summarized. Uh, all the commandments in those two, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love one another. And so faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints. And he says, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Okay, so this faith in Jesus and this love for all the saints is not based in a worldly, um, in a fleshly, in a carnal, these are Christian words, I know Christianese words, uh, but there, it's not based in something temporary. It's not based in uh, a love because um, somebody gave me money or love because somebody um, uh, just uh, showers me with thanks and, and gratitude. And it's not that kind of, of love. This is based on eternity. This is based on hope, which is laid up for you in heaven, which is eternal. So the difference here is, is that this isn't something that we just look at somebody and we say just, oh, just, you know, I love you because of what you've done for me. I love you because of this or that. It's actually an eternal hope um, that, that Paul is saying that he sees in this, in these Christian people. Their faith in Christ Jesus and their love for the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Um, and, and they heard that through the gospel and, and that's where they've got that hope. So that really brings to thought our own faith, um, our own efforts to uh, have faith in Jesus and our own efforts to um, to have love for the saints and love love for people. And uh, this is maybe just something that to, to, to think about inside um, and maybe pray about. But, you know, that's us. Is, is my um, faith in Jesus and my love for people based on the hope of Jesus Christ, on the hope that is laid up in heaven, like, like Paul's saying here? Um, because it should be. And if it's not, maybe we should be working towards that. Maybe we should be praying about that and, and considering that because it's very important to understand that, look, um, salvation is not just about tomorrow. Um, you know, uh, today is uh, Thursday. Salvation is not just saying, God, please take care of me tomorrow. Um, I hope you take care of me tomorrow. That's where my hope is that you take care of me tomorrow. Um, that tomorrow when I go to bed, everything's fine. That's kind. Of, that's not really what we're talking about here. Although he does take care of us here, this kind of hope is eternal. And I think this is where a lot of believers miss it. 
Um, our, our hope is in temporary, uh, in, in tomorrow or in the next day or the next year. Um, and it's not bad to, to have faith that, that God will take care of us. But when we place all of our hope in something that's temporary, because tomorrow on this earth or next year on this earth is just temporary, where our hope needs to really be directed is in eternity, which only comes through Jesus Christ. So with our eyes on him, um, our hope is in eternity, which is what he promised us, which is why he went on the cross and died and was and was resurrected. And so um, Paul sees that in these people. He sees their faith in Jesus, or he hears about their faith in Jesus, and he hears about their love for the saints, which I'm sure there were actions to follow that, which made, uh, which, you know, uh, uh, caused the stories to come back to him to, to realize this. So, so this is very important to realize in our faith. Um, God, you know, he certainly takes care of tomorrow for us. You know, he tells us, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about all that stuff. Um, what the clothes you're going to wear or whatever, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of the birds of the air. Certainly I'll take care of you. And so that um, should not be a worry. He will take care of us. But ultimately, our hope, our hope should be in eternity. Our hope that is stored up in heaven, that Jesus made a way for us to have. Um, and when we have, now listen, listen close to this, because this is very important, especially right now. Right now, we're going through this um, time of this coronavirus worldwide. Many people are afraid. Many people are, are, you know, starting to have mental um, health issues. Um, there's just a lot going on right now worldwide. And this thing hasn't even really peaked, so, so they say. So right now, a lot of people are worried that they're going to get this thing or that our economy is just going to fall out up from under us. Um, and, you know, it's we're going to be poor. It's going to be terrible. And, and... Um, that's possible. That's very possible. We can't predict what's going to happen with that. But if our hope is in eternity, if our hope is in the life to come, and, and you know, Jesus speaks so much about that. If our hope is really in that, then there's really nothing in this world that can take that away. Worst case scenario, somebody gets sick and we die. Well, for believers, our body dies. But our souls, our spirit continues to live in the new body that he has promised us. And therefore, living in eternity with him. Why is that bad? Maybe God has more for us to do here on earth. And that's why we're still here and he's going to use us. And I know he certainly will do that. You might think, well, Pastor, that's really drastic. Well, it might be, but it's what Jesus taught. He certainly did teach that. Don't worry about tomorrow. He'll take care of that. You'll have your food. It'll get provided. He provided for uh, Israel in the desert. I mean, he, he took care of people, and he still does. And, uh, you know, certainly pray for this uh, disease to go away, the sickness to go away, and all that kind of thing. Certainly do. But ultimately, our hope should be in our eternal life. What I'm doing in my life right now should all point to eternity. And so, therefore, I should not fear anything that man can do to me, 
anything that this world can do to me or anything that the enemy could do to me. Because whether I'm healed of something or whether I this body dies of something, it's all glory to God and it all works for eternity. And that's where our focus needs to be. That's easy to say. And, and there's a lot of thought and a lot of prayer that might need to go into that for a lot of people. But when the chips are down, you really have to ask your question. What matters most? Tomorrow or eternity? And like I said, I'm not discrediting God. He can certainly and he will take care of us. But I honestly, I can't promise you that you won't get the disease. I pray you don't. And you should pray you don't. But ultimately, I can't promise you that. But I can promise you that if you believe in Jesus and you're doing your best to live for him and your heart is pointed towards him, then you have a hope in eternity that nothing else can take away or no one else can take away. That's where true faith rests. Not on what's going to happen tomorrow, but what's going to happen in eternity. That's what truly matters. And so believers everywhere need to, grit, to, to grasp this concept. It's all throughout Scripture, especially the New Testament, you know, about the hope of eternity, about living for that, about that being our motivation, and, and it's all in Scripture. And a lot of times people like to break that down and try to make that mean for tomorrow or next week or next year. Um, ultimately, it's about eternity. There's a lot about tomorrow. And he does explain a lot of things about tomorrow, about having faith. But ultimately, it is about eternity. And that's what truly matters. And that's what Paul sees. He see he recognizes true faith. He recognizes true faith. He says, it's because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. And so this, this uh, gospel, he says, will bring forth fruit. He says, as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit. How is it bringing forth that fruit? Well, it's bringing forth that fruit and, and other people learning about Jesus, learning about salvation, learning about what he's done and believing it and receiving it. And they're receiving their, the, uh, their salvation. They're receiving Jesus, not based on tomorrow, but based on their hope for eternity. And so there's a big difference. There's a big difference. And so that's something that we really need to think about in our own walks. Because I'll tell you this, you're going to find more success and more blessing from God's word when you have your faith resting in your eternal hope than resting on what's going to happen tomorrow or next month or next year. I promise you. You will, you will have stronger faith because you won't be swayed by every little thing that comes at you on this earth. Your faith will be stronger. It'll be foundational. It'll be supported by truth from the Word of God that your faith, your faith is based on your hope for eternity because that's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came, to bring us back to that eternal place with God that we messed up in the beginning. And so I promise you, I promise you that's what will happen.
And so that's what real fruit is. It's bringing people into the kingdom of God. And it's allowing people to, it's allowing you to connect with people based on the truth of eternal hope and not just for tomorrow, not just trying to convince somebody they need to do something, but giving them a substance of eternal hope that you have so that they can recognize and realize, oh, this is what it's about. You know, it, it back in this time, in, in, in the biblical times here we're talking, you know, there there weren't a whole lot of, um, I'm sure there were distractions, but there, there there wasn't near the distractions that we have today. Not nearly, especially in America. You know, um, my goodness, we can have just about anything we want to have and, and uh, you know, all of our electronics and just everything that we can do. We can be so distracted and and therefore when we read the scripture therefore when we uh, have this relationship with Jesus um often we apply the filters of society the filters of technology or or whatever back then they didn't have that type these types of distractions and so things were very real to them roman oppression was very real to them they experienced it day in and day out. Poverty for many was very real to them. They experienced it day in and day out. They had to work hard for what they had. They had to, to um, uh, garden or, or take care of their own wheat, their fields. And, you know, they had to make their own bread and, and just all those types of things. And, and it's a different culture completely. And so what I'm saying is, is that uh, when, when somebody would come to them, with this message of of eternal hope, they could grasp that probably better than many of us can today because they knew what it was like more than we do to live on the edge. And there are many people in other countries that can do the same thing. They knew what it was like for many of them uh, to to not sh- be sure when the next meal was coming or, or have a place to, to stay, a nice place to live or all the comforts of home and, and all that type of thing. And so the gospel message was very real to them when it was presented in the, in the through the lenses of eternal hope in Jesus Christ. You know, now today we accept Jesus. We believe in Jesus, but yet we link him and we link our faith through our um technology, through our comforts, through through all those things because quite often either we're not willing to give them up or we can't give them up because we need them to survive. You know, now this doesn't mean our faith can't be as real as it was back then. It certainly can. But this is what I'm trying to say, is that we need to make sure that our faith is based in our eternal hope and not in tomorrow and not in, in things like that. And that's kind of what this virus, um, you know, there's a lot we can learn from this thing. And, and um, you know, in a matter of a week or two in the United States, pretty much the rug got pulled out from under everybody. You know, um, businesses, many businesses came to a screeching halt. People were getting sick. Healthcare system, hospitals, just uh, in many, many places, just overwhelmed, not able to keep up. Um, just all kinds of things happening. Uh, fear, just people, you know, uh, a lot of people dying from this sickness. Many more are recovering from it, but there are a lot of people dying. And so people are faced with, um, especially in America, this reality of, man, I had all these comforts. Now, who would ever thought that I would be where I am today, where there is a stay-at-home order in most of the states, where the the government, the federal government is saying, stay home, you know, um, don't go out kind of thing, you know, and 
So here we are with this, where all those comforts are gone in literally the snap of a finger. And now we're left sitting at home, you know, um, using the bare essentials, trying to find uh, supplies at the grocery stores or, or when we can go out, that kind of thing. Who would have ever thought that the United States would be where we are this day and age with the advances and advancements in technology and all that we have? But the reality is, look, everything is temporary and it can be pulled out from under us at any minute. What better time, what better time now to consider is my faith eternal or is it in the things? Is it in society? Is it in America? That's the question that, the, that this virus leads us to ask ourselves. Can I be happy at home without going out to eat, without watching my sports, without all those things that they have taken away temporarily? Can I be happy? That's the question. If you're not, if you can't be, you certainly can work towards it. You certainly can be. But that's the question. Where is my faith? So that's the fruit. That's the fruit. People coming into the kingdom of God, people believing in Jesus, people receiving Jesus, and also and also believers um, exuding true faith. True faith in Jesus Christ and our love for the saints. Because we have something eternally that we want to share with everybody else. And so that's why we should have a love for the saints. Love for the saints. Um, so we'll stop right there for right now. And uh, we'll continue on in, in the, the next session. Um, but we've gotten down to uh, eh, roughly verse 8, Colossians 1, 8. But this is a, something to consider, something to think about. Um, very important, very powerful about our faith. Is it, is it uh, are based on our hope in eternity through Jesus Christ? Or is it based on what he can give me tomorrow or what I can have tomorrow or whatever? And a good check of that is, can I do without these comforts right now and still be happy? That's a kind of a self-check. So anyway, rejoice in the Lord. It's good to know Jesus. It's good to have our faith in him. And wherever we are with him, we can always grow. So don't be discouraged. Don't be um, saddened if, if you don't feel like you're up to par with Jesus. You can always get where you need to be with him and just continue to pray, continue to read his word, worship him, and just uh, continue to, to learn from his word and allow him to show you. All right, let me pray. God, we just thank you so much for your word, Lord. And, and God, I pray that uh, each of us, Lord, that you can show each of us um, where we need to be in our faith, Lord, uh, in this relationship with you. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you reveal truth to us. If there's things in our lives, Lord, that we need to remove, please tell us. Please show us what those things are. And Lord, please don't let us get discouraged. But let us continue this walk that you have laid before us with your word lighting our steps. Lord God, that we might mature and grow in you and be who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Until next time, God bless. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Real People, Real God podcast. Your hosts were Pastor Chris Shepherdson, Pastor Darla Lee, and Pastor Tim Howard. Intro music was Wishful Thinking by Dan Lebowitz. 
Outro music was On the Windy Road by Dan Lebowitz. This podcast was produced in Martinsburg, West Virginia by Tim Howard. Thank you for joining us.